Welcome to the 22nd episode in the first season of Justice Center Weekly, the video cast from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. I'm your host, Kevin Steele, and my guest this week is Luke Nielsen, Director of Communications for the Center. Luke is here to speak to a recent Justice Center report entitled The Rise of Excess and Unexplained Deaths in Canada. Now, before we get started, I should like to explain that if I sound a little different today, it's because I am suffering from a bit of a cold. While this might seem like a bit of a setback, it does allow me to pose the question, if this cold kills me, would it be categorized as an excess death? Put another way, perhaps with less self-pity, what is an excess death and why do we need a report on them? Luke? Well, great question. I will preface my remarks by saying I hope that your cold does not terminate in either an expected or an unexpected excess death. Um, so Thank you. a great question. What are excess deaths? Before we answer that, let's just talk about expected deaths. So at Statistics Canada, there will be a team of statisticians, mathematicians and scientists engaged in the rather dismal science of predicting how many deaths will occur in Canada per year. So I believe if memory serves in 2020, approximately 300,000 Canadians died. In 2021, approximately 310,000 Canadians died. Last year, approximately 330,000 Canadians died. Now statistical agencies want to know how many Canadians will die in a given time period under normal circumstances. So non-crisis circumstances like a tsunami, or a pandemic, or um, a heat wave, things like that. And this makes sense. Imagine you were the owner of an apple orchard. Orchard. You would probably want to know how many apples you can expect to harvest over the next year. And you're going to build a model of how many apples you can expect to harvest based on the, the features of your orchard. Maybe you planted five more apple trees last year than this year. Maybe you expect each apple tree to produce X number of apples. And so taking into account um, your predictions about the weather and your predictions about crop yield and your predictions about uh, or what you know about how many apple trees uh, died or how many new apple trees you planted, you're going to be able to generate a reasonable estimate of how many apples you can produce in the next year. So statisticians do the same thing about deaths. Um, we want to know how many people are expected to die next year so that if fewer people die or if an excessive number of people die, we can start asking questions. Why is this happening? So statisticians take into account how many people died last year, as well as other factors like changes in the age of the population, um, new uh, you know, population growth, population decline, and they use a, a variety of fairly complicated factors to determine um, predicted deaths. If people have questions about how excess uh, and predicted deaths are calculated, just go into Google and punch in um, calculations of excess deaths, Statistics Canada, and you'll get a much more thorough analysis of how those calculations are conducted. It's quite complicated. There's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of data collection involved, and there's some assumptions involved as well. Okay, so now we get to the excess. Yes, which now was... This is this is the anomaly, right? Yeah. So excess deaths are deaths over and above what were predicted. So mm -hmm. if Statistics Canada predicted that 300,000 persons would die in Canada in 2023, for instance, 
and 350,000 Canadians died, um, 50,000 deaths, all other things being equal, would be considered excess or unexpected deaths. Would they have explanations for those deaths? That, I think, is a trick, isn't it? That's a great question, and that's part of the problem that Canadians are encountering today. So not only do we know that excess deaths are occurring in 2022, or did occur in 2022, um, we don't really know why. Um, in uh, this report that you reference, we talk about the fact that in 2022, 24% of deaths still don't have a clear cause attributed to them. Um, I believe, if memory serves again, about 67,000 deaths have been defined as um, an ill-defined cause. So we don't exactly know what the specific cause was. And approximately 11 or 12,000 deaths um, are defined as information unavailable. So for 2022, 79,000 deaths have not been attributed to a cause of any kind, or the information is unavailable, which means that Canadians and Canadian policy designers and public health officials may be flying blind, right? That's a lot of deaths. 24% of deaths in 2022 haven't really been classified appropriately, um, which raises the question, how can policy designers use that data to make informed decisions going forward? Well, how does that differ from other years in terms of uh, excess deaths, when they look at deaths and the categorization, has it increased for 2022? That's a great question. I have the report in front of me. If you'll bear with me a moment, I will find the numbers. In 2021, there were 11,785 deaths classified as information unavailable. There were 7,275 deaths classified as ill-defined and unspecified causes of mortality. In the previous year, 2020, there were 470 deaths classified as information unavailable. There were 9,190 deaths classified as ill-defined and unspecified causes of mortality. Just to refresh, in 2022, there are 67,465 deaths classified as information unavailable, 11,655 classified as ill-defined, and unspecified causes of mortality. So um, it's not like it's not like 2022 is just par for the course. 2022 mm. is a radical departure from previous years. It's been excess and unexplained death since the title. Yeah, okay, absolutely. So this has led to speculation. I know online because other countries have made this same type of study. I know that Britain had an excess death report quite a while back. And they were looking at a fair spike as well. And there have been a few other countries not coming to mind at the moment. But yeah, that, this has led to speculation that, you know, it had something to do with the vaccine rollout. I mean, there's all kinds of unproven allegations out there. I suppose the if the information is out there, it behooves us to try to find a reason, right? Uh, is it possible to do that, to go back and find an explanation for these unexplained deaths? Or are they just, that's it? We have... We have to accept it. I don't think we have to accept it. I think that Statistics Canada, if I'm correct, is still interested in evaluating uh, the 79,000 deaths with unspecified or ill-defined causes. Um, mm -hmm. Statistics Canada, for some reason, is just subject to reporting delays. 
And so, yes, I believe there is an opportunity to crack open the history books and start answering questions. But without that analysis, we are left to speculate. Now, I don't think that speculation is a bad thing. I think at the end of the day, these statistical agencies exist to provide governments and businesses and policy designers and citizens like you and I with data, right? It's hard to vote without data. It's hard to hold public health officials accountable without data. It's hard to know if governments are implementing the right public health policies without data. And so, um, you know, if we can allow ourselves to speculate for a few moments about the potential causes of excess deaths in Canada, um, we know that some excess deaths have been attributed to COVID-19. Um, if, again, if my memory serves, there were approximately 37,000 excess deaths in 2022. And I believe 16,000 of those were attributed to COVID-19. And so that leaves approximately 21,000 excess deaths in Canada in 2022 that were not attributed to COVID-19. So the question is, why did 21,000 Canadians die unexpectedly? Right. If you think of 21,000 compared to 315,000, the average um, number of Canadians dying per year over the last three years, like 21,000 is a pretty significant number. What is that? 6.7% or something like that. Um, that's 6.7% excess deaths um, that were not directly attributed to COVID-19, a crisis. So we can start speculating <laughs> absent right. any reliable or timely um, explanations from statistics Canada. We can start asking why did these occur? And I, I was reading in the globe and mail this morning, um, professor Kim McGrail at the university of British Columbia center for health services and policy research stated that excess deaths caused by maybe caused by the mental health effects of the pandemic. Now, at the Justice Center, we might go so far as to say the mental health effects caused by the government's response to the pandemic. Um, she also suggests that excess deaths could be caused by medical procedure delays and surgery delays, right? I believe in 2020 and 2021, the Justice Center was one of the only organizations in the country highlighting the fact that Government policies were causing healthcare facilities to close down. Hundreds of thousands of people were unable to access diagnostic imaging procedures like CT scans and MRI scans. Um, hundreds of thousands of Canadians were either unable to access um, medical procedures or uh, they were significantly delayed. And hundreds of thousands weren't able to access what were considered non-emergent medical procedures. Perhaps somebody needed a hip replaced. Um, but I think we all know that if you're not getting medical procedures in time, uh, that can sort of snowball into more serious conditions that aren't caught by the healthcare system. So, um, you know, at the Justice Center, we're not the only ones speculating that the government's response to COVID-19, it's closing down schools and, and counseling centers and um, recreational facilities um, may have had a really adverse impact on people's mental health which has downstream effects on suicides and drug overdoses and alcohol abuse. Um, you know, it's, it just, <laughs> it, it's not very controversial to say that if you cancel medical procedures, um, some people might be harmed. So you're right, Kevin, there's, there are excess deaths 
Some of them can be attributed to COVID-19. Some of them can't be attributed to COVID-19. The question is, why are those excess deaths occurring? And until we get an answer from Statistics Canada, uh, we're left to speculate like Professor Kim McGrail from the University of British Columbia. Okay, in the uh, press release uh, for this uh, report, it, there's a sentence down near the bo bottom, quote, further, it appears that deaths attributed to COVID-19 may have been overreported, especially in Quebec. So you were talking about deaths attributed to COVID-19, and you're saying, or the, at least the press release here is saying that some of that may be overreported. Yeah, again, um, in the report, the Justice Center isn't, isn't indicating that COVID-19 deaths were in fact overreported. Um, we're simply pointing to the fact that most of the people who died with COVID-19 had other serious underlying conditions. I believe that the government of Alberta for many months throughout 2020 and 2021 and 2022 um, were reporting on the number of comorbidities present in people experiencing severe outcomes like hospitalizations or mortalities. And um, in a very, very significant percentage of cases, people passing away with COVID-19 um, were experiencing comorbidities, very serious comorbidities um, like hypertension or um, cardiac problems, etc. And so there's always a chance that um, deaths that should have been classified as a death from cancer or a death from cardiac failure um, were attributed to COVID-19. And I believe this happened in Alberta. Um, in a footnote to the report, we talk about uh, a young boy from Alberta, I believe he was 14 years old, who had a long battle with cancer. And I believe a day or two before he passed away, um, he contracted COVID-19. And his death was attributed to COVID-19, even though um, he had this very serious underlying um, cancer condition. And obviously, uh, the parents were quite incensed because it felt um, it sort of downplayed the seriousness of this boy's struggle, right? Um, his struggle wasn't with COVID-19, his struggle was with cancer. And um, somewhere along the line, a medical professional made the decision to classify his, his um, death as a COVID-19 death. So yeah, there's always a chance that deaths are wrongly attributed to COVID-19. Um, we don't take a strong position on that in the report um, because mm -hmm. of course it's, it's hard to determine it really has to be approached on a case-by-case -case basis. Yes, well, I've talked about that case-by-case -case basis uh, on one of our other podcasts, and I've called for an audit of deaths. Mm -hmm. I don't know how feasible it is. You would probably have a better idea having uh, seen this study produced. Would that be feasible, uh, or is it too late now to do something like that, an audit of the COVID deaths to find out if they were, in fact, COVID? That's a great question. I'm just going to speculate here. I imagine um, if if death certificates could be FOIT through a Freedom of Information uh, Act kind of request, um, mm -hmm. it could be possible to do an analysis of every single death certificate you access and gather together a team of professionals to determine whether or not the attribution is accurate. Um, obviously, that would be a lot of work and it would take a lot of time because as we know, uh, the freedom of information system in Canada seems to be broken. Um, it's very difficult to access information. And it seems like uh, a lot of governments are 
um, not too keen to release data to Canadians, data that Canadians should have. In order to make reasonable, I guess, decisions and to assess uh, measures that were taken in the past, particularly during the COVID-19 mm-hmm. era. Yes, I understand there that. Now, perhaps we could get that to a little larger uh, explanation of why this is important. Yes, it's important that we need this to, for decision-making. I guess we just need it for general truth as well. I mean, it leads to speculation and leads to distrust in government. And the government complains about them being distrusted, and yet we find that you know there's probably ample reason for it here. Can you? Uh, is I know the report addresses this type of thing. Perhaps you could just bring highlight that for us. Yeah, great question. I think the report matters for two reasons. One is that deaths matter. Death is not a pleasant thing, right? If more people than are expected are dying. We should pay attention, right? Governments and policy designers and healthcare professionals and citizens like you and me should care about death. We should care about reducing mortality whenever possible. So if we read that, you know, 37,000 excess deaths occurred in Canada last year, um, you know, maybe we have sort of a humanitarian instinct or even obligation to intervene, right? We want people to live. We want them to live long, flourishing lives. And we don't want unexpected deaths to occur. So there's, there's you know, an obvious medical reason um, and a, really, a reason relating to, like, human flourishing to start asking questions and write a report like this. Um, another real motivation is to put pressure on statistical agencies to come up with explanations. I mean, I'm going to read to you um, a quote lifted directly from a Statistics Canada website. They write, objective statistical information is vital to an open and democratic society. It provides a solid foundation for informed decisions by elected representatives, businesses, unions, and nonprofit organizations, as well as individual Canadians. So democracy needs data, right? Not just government, mm-hmm. not policy designers. Democracy needs data. If you and I are going to be effective democratic participants, We have to have access to information because governments don't always tell the truth. Governments don't always look at the right data. Governments don't always make the best decisions, even after looking at the best available data. Uh, We live in a democracy and people like you and I should have a say on public health policy, on, um, you know, whether or not medical facilities should close to hundreds of thousands of Canadians. So, Statistics Canada is woefully late in their analysis of 2021 and 2022. And a main motivation of this paper is to put pressure on statistical agencies to free up that information, to understand it, to evaluate it, to give it to Canadians. Um, Because... Go ahead. Well, just because um, at the end of the day, COVID-19 won't be the last pandemic Canada experiences, right? COVID-19 will not be the last crisis. If we're going to make better policy decisions during the next pandemic, decisions that don't cause excess deaths, we have to understand what worked and what didn't work in our last response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. In the report, is there much age-related data, like looking at younger deaths, or is it mostly just looking at deaths overall? 
In a previous paper, we spent more time evaluating the impacts of, or rather evaluating excess deaths per demographic category. Okay. Uh, we didn't do as much of that in this report, but I can say that according to the data we gathered, um, excess deaths are occurring at an alarmingly high rate in Canadians aged zero to 44 and 45 to 54. Um, of course, excess deaths are still impacting people aged 55 and above, but um, I think most Canadians would hold this intuition that if excess deaths are occurring among younger populations, this is additional concern. This is additional reason to be concerned and to begin an investigation. Right. In looking at the report, I see a chart here that looks at various uh, countries and compares us to them. How are we uh, compared to other countries in this uh, in this report? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I believe the section you're referring to cites um, uh, an analysis or a comparison from the Canadian Medical Association Journal that compares the effectiveness of the federal government's response to COVID-19 against 10 comparator jurisdictions, including, if memory serves, the United States and the UK and France and Germany and Japan, among others. Um, I believe that the report said that Canada had one of the most stringent responses to the pandemic um, in terms of lockdown measures. Um, I believe the report said that Canada had one of the highest vaccination rates among the 10 comparator countries. Um, and I believe the report concluded that, that the federal government's response to COVID-19 was successful precisely because there were high vaccination rates and 